tonight, The Daily Wire's Andrew Clavin joins us to discuss the results of the midterm election. I'm Roaming Millennial, and you're watching Uncensored. Hey, Andrew, thank you so much for coming on. I had a great time on your show. Always fun with the Daily Wire people. So I'm so glad that we get to have you on our show now. It's great to be here. This is what people in media have instead of relationships. They just interview each other. Right. I mean, it's it's pretty great. It's it's a lot easier keep, than keeping up with like thank you notes and stuff. We just get to talk <laughs> about midterms. Aren't, aren't we lucky? Exactly. Uh, yeah, but that is actually what I wanted to talk to you about because obviously they were yesterday, um, results are in, and there was all this talk leading up to them about this whole blue wave, and the Republicans were like, no, it's going to be a red wave. As it turns out, like a lot of people predicted, the Democrats did end up taking the House. Republicans kept the Senate. Again, people kind of expected that, but they actually ended up gaining seats. So, I mean, looking at that, who who's happy coming out of this right now? Was there a red wave? Was there a blue wave? What What should we make of this? Well, I, I am tremendously happy. I think this is a tremendous victory for conservatives and for Donald Trump, and I'll tell you why. What happened was the map played itself out. This was what you would expect in a typical election at this at, in the midterms. Little, probably the Republicans did a little bit better than you could have expected, it, but it's normal. Everything was normal. Now, what's so, so a huge victory about that is consider the fact that for two years, the, the media, Hollywood, the Academy, everybody has been telling us that Donald Trump is a demon from hell. This is Adolf Hitler. And not only is he Adolf Hitler, if you like him or you voted for him or you even support his policies, you're Adolf Hitler. You're a racist. You're a bigot. The other day in the New York Times, Paul Krugman said there is no such thing anymore as a Republican who has a conscience. If you have a conscience, you cannot be part of the Republican Party. If it were just Paul Krugman saying that, that would be one thing. But it's basically what every single comedian on late night TV has suggested, what every movie star has suggested in their Oscars, whatever awards they're giving themselves, speech. It is what the news media has been hammering home. And in the end, the people went out and voted the way they usually vote, which is a tremendous victory because Donald Trump, the, you know, the, the media didn't start doing this with Donald Trump. They've been doing it for decades. They've been, you know, excoriating us for decades, calling us names for decades. We're racist, we're sexist, we're homophobic, we're Islamophobic. Donald Trump was sent to Washington to talk back. He was sent to fight back and boy oh boy has he ever. He's not always rude, he's not always polite about it. I don't like it when he's rude, but I know he is only joining a fight that is already on. He's already just doing something that is getting in the middle of a dust up that has been going on for years. And so he did it. He fought back. He told them to take a hike. He told them they were fake news. He told them he didn't care about their you're a racist rant. He told them all of that stuff and the voters said Okay, and they voted the way they were going to vote. And I think that that is a major cultural victory for Donald Trump. Now, there are political things that we lost, and we should talk about those as well. But I think on a cultural scale, this is Donald Trump saying, you can fight back against this massive communication machine that the left monopolizes. You can fight back and walk away without a scar. 
Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that you bring up the the fact that this is this is pretty par for the course. I mean, everyone always likes to say this is unprecedented. We've never seen anything like this. But when it comes to midterm elections, yeah, I mean, it happened to Obama when the Democrats had the presidency and both houses in Congress. You know, there, there's always a little bit of blowback to the people in power. So, you know, losing just the House, not that bad for Republicans, all things, all things considered. But what I'm curious about is what this is going to mean going forward. Right. Because I mean, Trump was already having some trouble getting his agenda going with the people in Congress, and that was when he had Republicans there. Now there's actually Democrat majority in the House. So what is this going to mean for his, I guess, agenda and, I guess, the legislative uh, outlook going forward? Because it's going to be really hard, I think, to try to pass anything now. I mean, health care, immigration, what's, what's going to happen there? It, it seems like Democrats are going further to the left than we've seen before. Ocasio-Cortez actually got elected. Uh, so is, is this going to be just stalemate for the, past, for the next two years? Is anything going to get done? Well, it's, it's really interesting. Now, case, uh, uh, Trump came out this morning and he made uh, bipartisan overtures. And he said, you know, there are things that we can do together, infrastructure, uh, you know, medicine costs. Uh, and he even mentioned the wall. He said, look, every Democrat has said they wanted to build a wall. Let's get, get down to doing it. He said, we can, we can work these things out. Or, or you can start investigating me and start talking about impeachment and then if you do that to me, I'm going to do it back to you. So it's, it's really interesting. Nancy Pelosi, who will probably be the Speaker of the House again, and the New York Times, which is basically the playbook for the left, <laughs> are both saying, making those bipartisan noises. They're saying, don't blow it with the people. The people obviously don't like the resistance. The people have rejected the resistance. Mm -hmm. That is exactly what happened last night. They rejected the resistance. So play ball. Do what you can get done. On the other hand, you have Adam Schiff, the modern Joseph McCarthy, who is he's going to be the head of the House Intelligence Committee, and he's saying, oh, I'm going to investigate everybody. You thwarted my investigations before, but boy, oh boy, here I come. And Trump said, if you investigate me, I'm going to I've still got all the committees in the Senate. We're going to investigate you, and then everything comes to a standstill. Make your choice. Which is it going to be? I think it's going to be the investigations. I think it's going to be impeachment talk. And the reason I think this is because the billionaires who support the Democrat Party, that's what they want. They hate this guy. He is not one of the establishment. He has ruined some establishment pleasures that they were having, like the regulatory power that they had and the power to, uh, you know, basically control human beings, control little people. They don't like him. They want him stopped. They want him out. So I think we can look forward to some chaos. Uh, investigations and impeachment, and I think that's going to, personally, you never know in the future, and there are going to be events that happen that we don't know about, but personally, I think that that's going to be good for Donald Trump. He loves a fight. We're tired of the resistance. The, the uh, populace came out, the voters came out and said they were tired of the resistance. I think he'll, he'll win that fight if that's what they choose to do. Mm -hmm. And there are people that have been saying that in a way this could potentially help if we're thinking of some 4D chess mastery, right? Because I think up until now, the fact that even with both houses and the presidency, the Republicans haven't been able to get more things done doesn't look good for them. Now, Donald Trump has got a lot done, for, for better or worse, don't get me wrong, but I mean still, right? Healthcare, immigration, these issues have stalled. There are people, I think Charlie Kirk specifically, that are saying now like, well, you know, if, if the Democrats have the house and you know then they're shown to be the ones who are obstructing things maybe this will be good for trump so with that in mind i want to i want to take a look at 2020 because yes we've just finished an election but there's always one coming up um this is just a total spitball here since so much could happen in two years but as things are right now do you think trump's looking good for a second term 
You, you know, I think I, I, I'm always loath to talk about the future because the future is uh, something we don't know because it's the future. <laughs> there are a million things that could happen. Uh, you know, peace with North Korea. Uh, there could be a glitch in the stock market. There could be all, another judge in the Supreme Court could cause, uh, you know, a large uh, fight over that. So lots and lots of things can happen in two years. Right now, I think look, Trump looks pretty good. I think that he's, he's done a good job. I mean, the only thing that they could uh, hold against him is his personality. And I think that, you know, that, that's already kind of woven into the mix. His economy looks great. He has rearranged our foreign policy so that it makes sense again, instead of uh, Obama's idiot idea to make friends with Iran and give the power in that region to Iran. He has realigned ourselves so that we're uh, friends with Israel again, that we are working with the Saudis to kind of make peace with Israel. Uh, he's done a lot of good things, and so, and, and the judges, I think, have all been very good. So, so right now, I think Trump does look good for 2020. It's just so hard to tell, and it really is uh, hard. It's hard because we just don't know what's going to happen and what the reaction to those things will be. But I think, look, you know, the only thing that happened yesterday was, as you said, you know, it was a typical, the, the people in power usually get a slap around the midterms. Obama lost 60 seats. And was still elected. Mm-hmm. I right? believe I believe still he referred re-elected. to it as a shellacking or something like yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. And and you know the, the power of the incumbency is is huge because it, you know the other thing, of course, the other unknown is who will they run against him. Uh, you know, Hillary Clinton made noises about running again. You know, uh, uh, Elizabeth Warren. I'm not sure. I think Elizabeth Warren is too far left, even for her own party. Uh, and has really kind of beclowned herself in a lot of ways. We we just don't know. We they don't really have anybody. This guy Beto O'Rourke is is inexperienced and uh, really doesn't have the experience to run for president. Who knows? We don't know who the uh, opposition is going to be, and of course that is going to be a big deal. Mm-hmm. And what's confusing to me is that you like you've said things are going actually really great economy wise, right? I mean unemployment is down. Um, people people have more money. There the the number of Black entrepreneurs has been gr- increasing. I think it's up 400%, like historic yeah. highs. Yet the media is so focused on talking about things like the Russia investigation, uh, Stormy Daniels and things like that, that I think that message has gotten lost for a lot of people. Uh, you mentioned that despite their best efforts, you know, the blue wave didn't end up manifesting like I think a lot of people hoped it would. But do you think Republicans are going to be able to continue that message of look how great the economy is when, when there's this nonstop onslaught of all this negativity and this drama and talking about tweets and things like that and horse face, which I don't like either, but I, I feel like there's so much of the larger message that's getting lost for voters. And, and I think, honestly, I, as, as par for the course as these results were, I kind of feel almost like, what are you guys doing? Like, things are going amazing. How could, how could you vote this way? But I think it's because a lot of them don't know how great things are going. I, well, I think you're absolutely right. The media is unified in trying to destroy this guy. But I think that this is the message of the midterms. The message of the midterms is people do not listen to the media anymore. People can get beyond them. The, the, the jewel in the Trump crown over these two years was the Kavanaugh fight. Because, you know, if you think back, it's hard to remember now because once everything calmed down, it kind of goes away. You, don't, you can't really re-experience it. Every single news outlet, every single late-night comedian... Every single Hollywood star, everybody who was talking was telling us that if you supported Brett Kavanaugh as Supreme Court justice and didn't buy into the accusations against him, you hated women, you were no better than a rapist, oh my goodness, I was raped, so therefore, uh, you know, 
uh, Ford is telling the truth, the kind of illogic believe all women. This thing was really hammered home. The Republicans stood up to it. They fought it back. They won. And the people went with them. One of the reasons Trump did so well, one of the reasons the Republicans did so well in these midterms is because the people were were repelled by this. And so the the media is losing power because of Trump. Trump may be have uh, may have lost some seats because of who he is and because of the way he talks, but because of who he is and because of the way he talks, his main opposition, the main opposition to the the right, which is the media has also lost power. He has bloodied them. He's really left them sprawled on the ground. The exchange he had with Jim Acosta this morning was absolutely shameful on Acosta's uh, part. Acosta unwilling to give up the mic because he wanted to shout insults at the president of the United States. So unwilling that he manhandled uh, a female assistant who was trying to take the mic away from him. If that keeps up, the media is just going to continue to lose credibility. They lost credibility because they covered up for Obama's uh, corruption for eight years. And now they've gone after Trump to such a degree that they make themselves look like fools. I think the word is going to get out. I do not think they can prevent. I don't think people are listening to the media anymore and thinking, oh, that's the way it is, the way they used to when Walter Cronkite uh, would sign off with that remark. I think they are listening to the media and thinking, I, you know, this is just basically the Democrat Party at play. Mm -hmm. And what I think is interesting when we talk about the media perhaps losing a hold of people is after this whole Kavanaugh thing, people on the left really try to make this an issue of you either stand with women or you support rape, right? And, you know, that coincidentally lines up with the left versus right paradigm. Uh, the whole Texas Senate race between Cruz and O'Rourke was something that a lot of people were paying attention to, specifically Beyonce type people. Uh, t Ted Cruz ended up coming out victorious. And what's interesting is that when you look at the breakdown of who voted for who, turns out white women stood with Ted Cruz. Um, very interesting. And already we see on social media, people are again, uh, I guess, chastising white women for, a pair, I don't know, just listening to their husbands or their fathers, blah, blah, blah. Are white women now the straight white males of women? Is that is that the new road? Are they the new trendy demographic to attack for your person not getting into power? It is so funny. I mean, this observation has been made before, but it has just gotten more and more true. They call us racist. They're the racist. They call us sexist. They're the sexist. It is unbelievable, the filth. To talk about people like this, you know, to, to hear uh, Don Lemon on CNN say we've got to stop demonizing people, the real enemy is white men, <laughs> in, in one sentence, in one sentence, you know. Zero self-awareness, it, it's delicious. It, 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 is, it is amazing. It is amazing the sexist, racist trash that is coming out of their mouths. And the reason, the reason is simple, is because it was never about women, it was never about blacks, it was never about gays, it is always about power. They will say anything to get the power, but the minute a black person like Kanye West stands up to them, he's just a dumb Negro to use their phrase. The minute women stand up against them, they're no longer, where, where suddenly is believe all women? You know, white women basically in Texas, instead of voting for the white guy, voted for the Cuban American. They voted for for the the guy, this the son of refugees. You know, but suddenly, oh, white women are bad. It, you know, believe me, if a gay person comes out like Brandon Strzok, the head of the Walk Away movement, believe me, he's going to get oh, you know, you're a, a dumb gay guy. So it's not they are not the supporters of these identities. They are only supporters of these identities in so far as they represent 
leftism, the acquisition of power by the government, by the powerful, to use over the small and over the individual. As long as they represent that, as long as they can use your identity group to set your identity against other identities, as long as they can use it for that, you're their pal. The minute you walk away, the minute you become an individual, the minute you think for yourself, they come after you. And I think people, I really do believe, I know we say this a lot, but I really do believe people are catching on. And the reason they're catching on is they've been afraid to speak for so long, but Trump has shown them, and especially in this midterm, he has shown them you can talk back and walk away without a scratch. That's what happened. For two years, Trump has been talking back to them. After this midterm, which was just a normal outcome, he walked away without a scratch. And I think if people, you know, it's not just the people in Washington who have to pay attention to this. It's us, it's students in left-wing universities, it's writers in Hollywood, it's uh, filmmakers in Hollywood. It, all of them will start to understand that you can take a bad review from the New York Times, just like Trump. You can take a bad review from your professor, just like Trump has taken bad reviews. If you can speak up and say what you have to say, you don't have to be rude like Donald Trump, but if you say it, you can survive. And now we know. Mm -hmm. And it, it's funny to me because as much as people are saying that Trump is this huge divisive factor for the Republican Party, which in some ways he, he might, if we actually look at the breakdown of how, and again, we'll use Texas just because it was so, uh, I guess, such a hot election. I mean, it was something like 16 or 18 percent of black males supported Cruz. And that doesn't sound like anything. But I mean, considering the demographic group and those trends, it's I think it's progress there. And we, we look at Latinos and obviously Cruz is Latino himself, but I think it, it's something around like 35 percent support. Support. So I think, I mean, in a strange way, I think we're finally seeing some demographic groups who were just hands off for Republicans start to come into play a little bit. And I mean, I don't know how this is possible considering the stuff he says, but I, I mean, I do want to say that Trump is in a strange way a little bit responsible for that as counterintuitive as that may seem. No, I think he is. You know, Trump, one of the, you know, black people have historically really loved Trump. Uh, because he reflects a kind of in-your-face attitude that a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of black guys actually admire. They actually respect that. You know, if you see it in athletics uh, and you see it in Donald Trump. And Trump has been in all kinds of rap songs. He has, you know, held up as a figure of uh, admiration and even envy and, and something to aspire to in a lot of rap songs until he became political when he suddenly vanished from all the rap songs. But, but yeah, and, and the polls show more support as there should be among African-Americans for Trump, because he's done very well by them. I mean, if he is as racist as the press says he is, uh, he is the worst racist in human history. He is one of, you know, mm -hmm. Donald Trump has been very successful at almost everything he does, but at being a racist, he has failed miserably because blacks are working, their jobs, uh, you know, uh, have come back. They're at historic highs for employment, historic highs for uh, economic uh, parity with whites. You know, so so Trump really has made inroads, and if he makes enough inroads, I predicted that those inroads would not yet quite appear uh, in this midterm election because Trump wasn't on the ballot. But I think they will appear uh, next time out, and I think that they could be missed by pollsters because I think a lot of black people don't want to say that mm -hmm. they support Trump, but they may go into the uh, ballot box and do it in there. Right. Well, thank you so much for coming on, sharing your insights. For people who want to see more of you, hear more of your wonderful voice, where can they go for your show? Well, come to The Daily Wire and watch my show, and you can come to The Daily Wire. I have a, a story playing out, Another Kingdom, which is a novel that we're doing as a podcast, and you can find me on Twitter at Andrew Clavin. All right, and again, thank you so much for coming on. It's great to see you, Lauren.